Hey y'all, I'm Taylor DeHayes, a seven-figure business consultant and strategist for online fitness coaches wanting to build life-changing companies. Real talk, I wasn't an overnight success and that would make for a pretty boring story. I was fired from my TV reporting career of a decade with just $825 to my name. In just two years, I built a seven-figure coaching business. Now I'm sharing my proven strategies with you. Oh, and we'll keep it real, discussing mindset, money, and hardship to help you build the life of your dreams. So grab a cup of coffee and get cozy. Welcome to the Taylor Hayes podcast. I'm so glad you're here. This is a really special episode to me because, you know, I've always done a annual kind of, you know, business birthday episode and we're starting to get to that point, that five-year mark. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard me say this, but, you know, most businesses do not get off the ground within the first year. And I forget the exact statistic, but a majority of businesses fail within five years, right? And so thinking back to August 20th, which this is the day that I'm recording this, August 20th, 2023, this is actually against what I would tell my clients. I'm actually not pre-recording this too far ahead of time because I wanted to see how I felt on my actual business anniversary because there's just... You know, I'm I'm recording this today and I'm sitting in my living room in a house that I built and I'm just thinking about, wow, like life is so much different than five years ago. And 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 what I want to go through this year is, you know, this is not to boast about what I've done or, you know, how hard I've worked or any of those things. What I really want you to get out of this is hopefully something in my journey you can take with you, right? And basically, you know, I've learned so much in the last four years. Um, and I've I've compiled, uh, I don't want to say like the best business advice. It's really more of advice from me. I will say that I've been in business long enough that I actually feel like I can share with you wisdom from my business adventure, right? Like there was a time uh, back in 2020, that I recorded an episode with my business mentor at the time. And we did an episode about, you know, what I had learned, how I had grown and the best advice I received from this mentor. And while I do plan on doing episodes like that in the future, I, I want to share advice from me, right? You know, I, I think we all follow business coaches on the internet and we're all fed a ton of different information and, a lot of it is great. Some of it you can toss out, you know, whatever. But I really know that what I've done in my business is such a different approach than so many other coaches take, whether that is um, a good thing for you. Um, I don't think that's a negative thing. And I don't really even think it's necessarily positive. I just know that you are bombarded with information about scaling a business. And I try to keep things extremely practical, very realistic, and just very transparent with you constantly, right? And just to kind of give you perspective on the last five years, just so you know kind of what's happened every single year on August 20th, right? This date is very, very special to me. And I actually even have goosebumps like saying this. It's so funny just to set the tone. So I received, um, you guys know I love coffee, okay? And I love flavored coffee. And if you've listened to any of my podcasts, especially when I was living in Cleveland, you know that I would start off by telling you what kind of coffee I was drinking. And so I, this morning I actually walked to the mailbox and uh, I had a coffee package, right? And 
there's no shops in Texas that have any flavored coffee. Like, I don't know what the deal is, okay? And I'm not talking about like a vanilla latte. I'm talking about like the beans are actually flavored. And so anyway, I loved this coffee shop when I lived in Columbia, Missouri. That's where I went to college. I went to Mizzou. And um, I'm drinking a like cinnamon hazelnut flavor this morning. And it's so, it's so weird drinking it because I only order this coffee maybe every few years and I don't know why. It's almost like I forget and then I remember again. You know, it's, it's, I don't know why. And when I was living in Cleveland, everyone had flavored coffee, so I didn't have to order it, right? And so anyway, I was drinking this cup this morning for a few minutes before I started recording and I was like, God, it tastes, it tastes like college, okay? And I don't mean that in a gross like, frat house way. Um, that would be gross. Uh, I was not in, I was not in Greek life, but I mean, you know, I remember these coffee shops and I would, I would sit there for hours and I would stay at these coffee shops until midnight because all the coffee shops in, you know, a college town closed very, very late. Right. And, you know, I would drink coffee, probably my adrenals were screwed up for so long. But my point is it tastes like studying. It it tastes like hard work. It tastes like those memories I had. And so I instantly was like, damn, I just remember, you know, six years of my life in Missouri chasing this dream that I thought was going to be the rest of my life. And I bring this up because whatever path you're on right now, whether you're working a full-time job, whether you are full-time coaching, whether you have a family or don't, whether you've, you know, put your life savings into, you know, a, I don't know, a PhD program, or I don't care what the situation is. My point is no matter what you think you are going to accomplish or what you think you are destined to do, life always has a very interesting way of pushing you and showing you what actually needs to happen. And that's really how, you know, that's really how my business came to fruition. This isn't a story about that. But, you know, I I never, ever in my life thought that I was going to have a business. I never once thought that I was going to be a coach. I never – and then when I started my fitness coaching business, I never thought that I would be a business mentor. I had no idea what the hell I was doing, right? Um And so I just say this because I'm just having that reflective moment, right? And and I hope that wherever you are in your journey, you take a moment right now and just look at how far you've come. It may not be monetary. It may be mindset. It may be overcoming obstacles. Like there's a million things that we can definitely talk about in terms of progress, right? I don't like looking at progress just in terms of money, Um, now it's a different story if, you know, you haven't had a single client and we're going on year three, like that's a totally different situation. But this is not, my story is not meant to say, I think that you should be making a million dollars in two years. My story is not to say, this is what is normal. This is the standard. My story today and these lessons I want to share with you, these big moments that I've had, I want you to think about how you can incorporate any of this wisdom into your business today, right? And I want this, I I just hope you have this moment for you at some point in your business as well, right? So just to kind of give you a rundown of where my business started and where it is now, right? So in 2018, on August 20th, that is when I started my dream job as a reporter in Cleveland, 
And I remember being so excited for this job, like so excited. I was making about 30K at the time in a very small town in Texas. And I was my own, you know, videographer and all of those things. And then I remember when I got the job in Cleveland, I was told that I would have a photographer. I would never have to touch a camera again. I was like, oh my God, I made it. I was going to be making 70K a year. Wow. Oh my God, I'm making all this money. This is amazing. Um, And I really thought it was my dream job, right? And you guys know the story. And if you don't, I have other podcasts about that. But one year later on August 20th in 2019, I purchased my LLC. And I think that that's just so interesting. And so this date is very special to me um, because, you know, it was not just was it one year after my dream job, but it was, it to me, it was, it was day one of the rest of my life, truly. I had no idea what was in front of me. I had no idea what I needed to do. I had no idea how I was going to make any of this happen. All I knew is that I was going to do it. All I knew is that I was destined for something bigger and I couldn't conceive it yet. And I was so scared. I was I was terrified to step into this unknown territory as somebody who is such a planner and a perfectionist and and a type A person. And it also was this major ego hit that I was leaving a career that I spent a majority of my life working towards, right? And I had to let all of that go. And that's why these lessons I think are so helpful to hear from somebody who has been laid off and has heard no and has had failures, right? Like this isn't a rags to riches story, but this is the story that I know you can definitely find nuggets from and cheers to four years, right? I can't wait to see what the next four bring. So after that LLC, right? Then the next year in 2020, the pandemic hits and we had a quarter million dollar year and that was all fitness coaching, right? And then the next year, 2021, we 3X the business and we hit 750K, One year later, we hit 1.2 million. 2023, as of right now, we've already made 1.2 million and we're looking to obviously beat that this year. And so right there, you're looking at over 3 million in sales in, you know, four years, right? In four years of business. And it's all been with two offers um, and just a really massive vision. Um, You know, I had... I had a meeting with my mentor in person a few uh, weeks ago, about a month ago at this point. And we had this exercise that seriously frustrated me because, you know, I always think that I, I have a really clear understanding of what my vision is and I'm somebody that's very tactical, right? And so he challenged me, handed me an expo marker and he basically said, okay, Taylor, I want you to write down your vision for the next three years. And one year is a little easy, right? Like one year we can do. Two years, it starts to get a little fuzzy. And three years, it gets to be really fuzzy. And so I knew that in there that this is going to be a tough exercise, right? Because as of right now, you know, I, I've built a business on, you know, our team is, our team is tight, very effective, Our offers are proven, 
they've been here forever, right? With the addition, or I guess the six-figure fitness coach is now the path to 4% if you've been around for a little while. But, you know, the mastermind, even though it is significantly different and enhanced, I already had a mastermind. So, so we kind of just upgraded a lot of things. But, you know, aside from the fitness coaching, right, that, that's what built a multi-six-figure business. And the business coaching, and let me be very, very clear. Business, I did not pivot to business coaching for monetary reasons. I pivoted to business coaching because I realized that after helping people on the side do that, do those things, I was watching people leave their nine to fives and in turn, they were impacting more people on the fitness level, right? And I never really wanted assistant coaches. I had had some here and there and it never really worked out how I wanted it to. And so I knew for me to have the best impact and the biggest impact possible in terms of like a health and wellness perspective, right, was to get my hands in other people's businesses to help them scale and grow and take more clients. Because if I can help them grow sustainable and profitable businesses, right, with repeatable processes and their good coaches – then I will be able to indirectly help the, you know, health landscape, right? And that's why we spend so much time on, you know, case study calls or having affordable lab access to my clients and their clients, right? Like there's such a big push and, and that's, that's one area that I see lacking in a lot of the business coaching space and it's really a preference, but there's no emphasis on being a better coach or learning how to read a lab. And so for me, that had to be part of it. Now, I will be transparent. Anytime you work with me, it is definitely going to be 80 to 90% business, right? But part of business is also learning to be a great coach because you're not going to scale a business if you're not a great coach, if you can't get results. That's the, the base level of all of it, right? So, you know, keeping that in mind, but then the other 20, 10 to 20% is skill set, right? And even if you are just coaching clients on calories or portions or whatever, right? Like you need to at least have a basic understanding of some lab markers, right? You don't have to go out and be an expert in a Dutch test tomorrow. Um, And, you know, if you've never taken labs on yourself or done labs yourself, and I don't mean through your doctor, I mean on your own time, please send me a DM. I'm happy to send you some labs that I recommend. Um, This is not me selling you anything. This is me just telling you to get in touch with your body. And, And I know sometimes it's hard to know where to go and where to access those things. But back to kind of what I was talking about. So I'm at this meeting with my mentor and I started mapping out what I wanted. And we came to these really crazy numbers that scared the hell out of me. I'm getting goosebumps really talking about it. But, you know, um, like what an eight-figure year would look like and what the numbers looked like. And then we started kind of doing some calculations and configurations. And it was like, holy fuck, this isn't that far away, right? And, you know, it's never been about the money to me. Like it's always been about how can I impact more people because I know – I know how I felt working in TV news. I know how I felt working those, you know, 60, 70 hour work weeks. And I know how trapped I felt. And I thought that I was happy. I thought that I loved my job. I convinced myself that I loved my job, right? And when I was fired, that is the day that I realized 
wait a second, I don't love this. I don't love it at all. And I think about, you know, all the times I talked to my friends and how I complained about my job constantly. And, you know, I mean, not to go into it, but like the job was not safe. We were so underpaid, under undervalued. And, and I didn't want to deal with that anymore. And when I hear, you know, maybe I've, maybe I've talked to you about it. I, I don't know. But those of you that have a nine to five and you are looking for a way out, or maybe you are full-time in your business, but you don't like the way certain things are going, right? Like you always have a choice. And I would have never, ever quit my job if I wouldn't have been fired. I would have never walked away from that job. I would have stuck it out. And, you know, I, I'm so, so thankful that my boss let me go. And to be honest, if I could reach out to that person today, I, I would um, and just say thank you. Thank you for literally day one of the rest of my life. Like I am so fortunate and grateful for this. Um, but, you know, I, all of that to say is like whenever you start configuring what you want to happen, right, and you're creating that vision, what I want you to look at is – Number one, think about it in two different ways. Think about the life that you want and the business that you want, right? So in terms of the life that you want, who are you waking up next to? What kind of bedding do you have? Where is it a house or is is it an apartment? Do you have multiple homes, multiple locations? How many vacations are you taking per year, per month? How long are your days typically? Who's running your team with you, right? Like, are you landing sales automatically or are you still involved in the sales process? Like, there's so many things to consider. And then on the business side, if you're like, I want to make a million dollars, okay, great. How many clients do you need? What offers do you need to get you there? What does that look like? Is that all organic? Is that paid? Like, what are the profit margins? Like, there's so many questions. And that is the one thing that in this last year, in particular, I have gotten stupid clear on. I am so clear on the exact numbers and heads I need in my programs, right? I am so clear on what numbers to look at. I am so clear on the levers I need to pull to make certain things happen. Doesn't make it any easier, right? Knowing what to do and doing it are very separate things. But if you're just sitting here thinking, I want to make a million dollars and I know I need, I don't know, probably a XYZ amount of clients and some assistant coaches. No. When do you need to hire the ACs? What do you need to do to prepare for those ACs? What do you need to do to ensure that your ACs are getting more clients? What do you need to clean up in your sales process, marketing process, leadership, right? Like what needs to happen? And so I'm not really talking about what happened during that intensive with my mentor, but I share that because it was very, very eye-opening to look at my business from a, from a, you know, a lens that was not, it was not just me that saw it too, like somebody else validated the outlook, right? And then challenged me to make it significantly bigger. And, and that's always what I've really valued about my mentor and just having one in general is always pushing me to think bigger, but less about this. And this is not a push to have a mentor, but you know, I value having somebody that is leaps and bounds beyond me, because if you can relate to me in this sense, you know, I can talk myself in, talk myself in circles about like, I should do this, but maybe that first and maybe this too. And, and it's like, there's so many things on my plate and in order to 
be really streamlined to get where you want to go, like that requires a very, very clear vision. Right. And this is a reminder to like go through your mission statement. What is it? Go through your core values. What are they? Right. Like make sure that anyone on your team um, knows those and can recite those and is aware of what they are so that they are always operating within those core values and use those to hire individuals and even fire individuals. Right. So, anyway, all of that to kind of kick us off and just say, I am. So, so, so proud, but also excited that my quote, little online business and random idea crying in a parking lot at a TV station has turned into what this is today. And I'm so proud to say that I've impact, impacted, you know, more than a thousand people in my journey. And I can't wait to keep doing that in the future, right? So let's dive in to kind of what to think about as you're growing, okay? So, Let's start with this idea of having absolutely zero expectations, like literally have none, okay? The problem with expectations is that you start to say, okay, I'm going to get out of my job in four months or whatever, right? And then you get there and you all of a sudden are like, oh shit, I don't have the clients I need. Or, you know, I know that I'm going to have 10K months in the next three months or something. Just whatever these expectations are or that like running a business is going to take, it's going to be fast. I think a lot of these expectations come from the idea that you see coaches online in Lamborghinis and flashing these million dollar months even or crazy claims, right? And you never see the bank statements. You never see um, the Stripe invoices. You don't ever see that. And there's so much hoopla out there where we are just blindly believing whatever we hear. And that is why, you know, even to this day, I've never once had that like jealousy about like, oh, I wish I had that much money or I wish I had that business. Like I've never once felt like that. And if that is you and, and you know if it is, right? Like you know if that resonates with you when I just said that. But I want to make sure that you are taking time for yourself to really evaluate like your work versus the output, like the input and the output. Because if you have expectations of building a million dollar business in two years, because you heard that like Taylor did that, for example, then you may want to change that because realistically, right? Like what I did to get there in two years, may be not what you want to do to get there. The work required could be different. Um, and that's just one idea, but you know, the expectation that it's going to be easy because I do think that that, that is portrayed on social media, that scaling a business is easier. And like, if you're just aligned and you know, you're just, you know, if you attract your ideal client and all these other words that we hear, the, the attract, the alignment, the manifest, all of these things, right? I just want to be realistic that these expectations are oftentimes going to set you back. You don't have to have it all figured out. Okay, I sure as hell do not, right? Having a vision, having a game plan, I've always had a vision and that vision always gets like basically steamrolled every single year. And I don't mean like the vision of my lifestyle. I mean, there's certain things that we have to pivot or tweak or adjust or move, right? Like other things pop up all the time, right? Whether it's like, 
a team member not following through with their commitment or a team member suddenly quitting or, you know, client uh, problems, contract issues, um, or just flat out the landscape has changed, right? Like the messaging needs to change and evolve. Um, there's always things that have to change and evolve. And so, you know, I you will not have it all figured out. And I think that one of the biggest pitfalls I see is coaches waiting to make moves. And when I say waiting to make moves, I'm saying like, okay, once I get like my back end cleaned up, then I'll invest in a coach. Isn't that why you're hiring a coach to clean up your back end or whatever, right? Like there's little things that don't make sense to me that people say. And I've never ever had anything completely figured out before I did it. I also don't give myself time to think about things before I make ac- before I take action. And that's not saying that I'm making rash decisions. That's saying that, okay, I'm going to test out this new method in my DMs or I'm going to test out this new freebie or lead magnet and see what happens. And then I do it and it turns out phenomenal or I do it and like, oh, it's kind of a bust, but I'm not going to spend weeks and weeks obsessing over the perfect landing page before I put something out in the universe. Like I just put it out there, right? Showing up unconditionally is the best piece of advice I can give you forever and ever. Amen. At least I'm going to say that for now. Because if you are building a business, you have to show up on the hard days, on the days that your boyfriend broke up with you, on the days that you feel kind of like shit, on the days that you heard no on a sales call five times in a row, on the days that you got five yeses in a row. Like it doesn't matter if you only show up when you feel good and you feel aligned and whatever the fuck else you're telling yourself, get over it, show up. You cannot scale a business if you only show up 50% of the time, like end of story. And we get so caught up in this word aligned, right? And I will say this until a day that I am blue in the face. It is one thing to be aligned with the offer you create. I do not want you selling anything that you hate. Obviously, we know that. However, you're not going to feel aligned with every single activity that you're doing, right? DMing may not feel aligned to you. Hell, I don't love it either, right? Creating daily posts may not feel aligned with you, but it's what's required. And it's really important to remember that while there is customization in everything you're building, there also are things you just have to suck it up and do. And that's really important to remember, right? So if you can show up unconditionally, you are going to be phenomenal. The other thing I want to add to this too is being unconditional with your mentors, I see this so often where a coach will invest in a mentor and I'll even give you like perspective on like a one-year mentorship with me. What I see happen time and time again is the first 90 days are so fast. There's a lot of things happening. It's chaotic. There's new things you're testing out and trying. And what happens around month, month six? Things start to slow down. Why? Because we fixed a lot of shit in your business, right? And we're starting to implement and see results, but it doesn't feel chaotic anymore. And you start to panic a little bit. And you're thinking, was this the right coach? Is this the right coach? When in reality, business should not feel totally chaotic all the time. If it feels like chaos 24-7 in your business, we need to chat. Something is going on. But again, being unconditional is the best lesson I can give you, right? The next one I learned the hard way, going with logic and not always your gut. 
there are times logically that I have, I have told myself, okay, Taylor, you need to hire this person logically. But then my gut was saying somebody else, or I've kept people on my roster longer than I needed to, or I felt really warm and fuzzy about a decision, but my head was kind of like, I don't know, but like my gut says yes. Trust the data and trust the logical decision. That is not to say that your gut will always lead you astray, but the bigger my business has grown, the more I've realized I really cannot rely on my gut for everything. And I think it's very important to keep that in mind. Sell one thing ruthlessly and know how to sell it. You can scale all the way to a million dollars with one singular offer and one singular channel, i.e. Facebook, i.e. Instagram. We are mixing things up way too frequently. Think about your ideal client or whoever, not even ideal client. Think about the people that we know. Think about your friends, okay? I One of my friends was over um, the over the weekend and was – not a fit person, uh, not a fitness person, rather, I should say. And, um, you know, talking about their diet with me openly, right? And bringing up like fast food and this and that. And they're like, well, I feel good. Everything's good. And I'm like, okay, cool. But there's a few things we could tweak, right? And I bring this up because these people are also the same people that will diet sometimes and try things that are very extreme and do like one meal a day to lose weight, right? When at the end of the day, you know damn well that if they just ate healthy every single day, got some movement in, over time, they're going to look and feel great, right? And the same thing goes for your business. If you are constantly pumping out new offers, memberships, small hanging fruit, $9 workshops, all this crap, people are going to forget that you have a high ticket offer, right? If you are not selling your high ticket offer, when I say high ticket, I'm just talking about your one-to-one service, right? Maybe if you're listening to this, you've got a course, it doesn't really matter. But I've never once thought to have a membership, right? So this is where I tell you I've had two offers forever, okay? Put the fitness coaching aside, that's always been the same. But I never, you know, when I launched Fitness Coach Academy, for example, I never had like a mini course to push into that. I never had a mini mind to push to push into my mastermind. Like I've always just had FCA. That's where you go to start and scale your business and build a six-figure foundation. Once you got that, you go to path to 4% and then you scale to a million dollars. There you go. That is, the, that. that's it. There's nothing else. And path to 4% has tiers. So, you know, there's there's levels of, access in that mastermind, but essentially it's point A, point B, right? Sell one thing ruthlessly. If you do not know how to sell your offer, we're in trouble, okay? Refrain from hiring team members too early. I did not make this mistake, thank God, but I see it all the time. And I am at a place now where I will scream it from the rooftops. I'll give you a really good example. I don't care if you don't like sales calls. I don't care if you don't like your DMs. If you do not know how to close a call and sell in the DMs, outsourcing is only going to make that more obvious. When you bring a setter into your business, an appointment setter, somebody that's in your DMs that's looking to get calls booked, you have to make sure that you can teach them how to sell in your DMs because if you can't, you won't land sales. And so I 
I've had several clients over the years where this has happened and you know, they've got a setter in their business and they're like, I don't know what's happening. We're not landing sales. And I'm like, okay, cool. When's the last time you sold something in your DMs? Oh, I don't know. Never. That's why I outsourced. Okay, cool. So how are you teaching and training this person? Well, I'm not. They're like the sales expert. No, not necessarily. You can have, okay, for example, my closer, my sales call person. This person is excellent at sales. Excellent. However, he was not excellent at selling my product on day one, right? Like I had to teach this person how to do that, right? And that required, you know, uh, onboarding him into my program, giving him specific instructions on closes, teaching him about how we take payments on the call or if we don't. Like there's so many facets. Do we do two call closes or not? I do not do two call closes. Like there's just various things to think about. So refrain from hiring too early, okay? I want to make sure you can pay yourself as well. But the second thing I want to make sure that you you have leadership skills developed, right? Next thing, spend more time on legal protection. If you are still coasting along with, you know, Frankenstein level contracts, i.e. you made them from shit you saw on Google, please invest in an attorney to at least review your contracts. Make sure you have an attorney review your collections process. Make sure you have an attorney, right, who can back you up for demand letters and things of that nature if you need to. If you have contracts in place right now and you have no one to enforce them, well, we have a problem, right? You have to know how to enforce your contracts. And that does not mean having a lawyer on retainer. You don't need that. But just have some lawyer that you've at least introduced yourself to that you can go to if you need something. Okay, here is one thing that I have learned time and time again. Remove this idea of working less and instead I want you to focus heavier on efficiency and delegation. I've got a client who's a mom and she's like, I really want more time with my family. I do not want to work forever and ever and I just want more time with my kids. I said, okay. This person also has no one on their team yet. And I said, okay, listen. Against what I normally would suggest, like I actually mentioned, uh, you know, five minutes ago, you're going to want to hire a virtual assistant earlier. Your profit margins are going to take a hit. However, it's going to get you the time back immediately and faster, which will get more time for you to spend on your clients and getting new clients as well, right? If she, and, and we talked about this, I said, how many hours, we did kind of like a, I have an exercise that I do called automate, delegate, delete, where you audit every single thing you do in your day, Every teeny tiny little thing, sending an email, sending a contract, posting on Instagram, writing a caption, whatever it is, right? What can you automate? What can you delegate? What can you delete? And oftentimes things can either be deleted or excuse me, automated or delegated, right? You don't really need to do anything in your business other than coach your clients. That's really all you need to do, right? To keep things moving. Somebody else can do your graphics. Somebody else. Now, I will say I would love for you to write your captions. I don't want you to outsource that just yet. Um, but instead of thinking like, I want to work less. Again, what can you delegate? And what process are you not very efficient at that you can be more efficient? Because typically it isn't working less. 
you're oftentimes wasting time somewhere that didn't, that don't need to be. This is a big one. And it's one that even myself, (laughs) I've had to remind myself of, but regulating your emotions. Okay. Now I've never had too big of a struggle with this. This was something, uh, more so when I was a younger coach and very new into business, if a client quit, it would ruin my entire day. I would take it personally. I thought I did something wrong. Um, you know, if a client said no or a potential client said no on a sales call, I would watch my sales call back. I would, you know, audit my process. I would think like, what did I do? What could I have done to make this better? Right? Like there were so many times where my, my entire day was ruined because of a no or a client bailing on a contract or, you know, whatever. Right. And I think it's really important to make sure we regulate those emotions. And I see this happen from time to time because if you are trying really, really hard, whatever that means in whatever capacity, and you are not seeing success day in and day out, oftentimes your emotions can take over and really prevent you from, from getting to the next level. Okay. And I want you to remember the rule of thirds in business. A third of the time you should feel amazing on top of the world. A third of the time you should think this fucking sucks. (laughs) I want to burn my business to the ground. Maybe not that extreme, but you get what I'm saying. Not the best days. And then a third of the time you should feel just kind of neutral. Like, you know, I'm not having the best day ever, but it's not bad. I'm just good. Everything feels okay right now. If any part of that third gets skewed one way or the other. Like if you feel like you hate everything 80% of the time, we have a problem. And then on the opposite side, if you feel like everything is amazing 80% of the time, we probably should look at something closer, right? But emotional intelligence is going to directly push into being a better leader, a better CEO, a better coach, all of those things, right? Nothing is worth compromising your health over. I will scream this forever and ever. I've got a ton of podcasts and, you know, stuff on my stories or my highlights on my journey. On my journey with hormones, on my journey with HRT, on my journey with adrenals. And, you know, I'm not going to rehash all of it, but I was, I had some shitty habits that I was, I was kind of doing my first, uh, year and a half of business, really two years, um, where I was working 12 hour days. I don't even think they were very efficient, but I mean, truly I would get up at 4am. I would go teach a cycling class. I would come home. The sun still wasn't up yet. I would work, 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 work. And the sun would go down and then I would be done for the day. And I never stopped. I was constantly working every single day of the week. I was saying no to all my friends. Uh, you know, my boyfriend had passed away recently and part of this was also how I coped with it. So I don't, I don't regret the way I handled it, but if I was working, I wasn't crying and I wasn't thinking about it. Right. And that truly is how I built a quarter million dollar business in my first year because I was grinding my ass off and I never stopped. However, what was I also doing? Uh, never stopping. My sleep was awful. I was, I was sleeping, you know, seven hours, eight hours a night. I would say seven hours a night. But I was waking up at like 1 a.m., waking up at 3 a.m. Like I wasn't getting a full night's sleep. I also had alarm anxiety. Like I taught cycling classes at 5 a.m. for 10 years. And I don't care how used to it you get. I would still have alarm anxiety or like, oh my God, did I miss my class? Did I oversleep, right? I never, ever did, not once. But I always was so worried about that happening. 
Um, I was also drinking coffee as soon as I got back. So I would have, you know, pre-workout before the gym at, at 6 a.m. Because I would teach cycling, then I would go to the gym and lift. So I would have, you know, 6 a.m. Uh, pre-workout with caffeine. I would come home, I'd make coffee at 8 a.m. I would drink coffee and then I would have coffee again at like 3 or 4 p.m. to keep me going because I was kind of tired. Um, you know, all these negative habits. I was training five days a week. I was in a contest prep, like all of this stuff, right? All the things that I'm like, why was I ever doing that? But I didn't know any better then. And I say all this because I am seeing so many of you women struggling with protocols and going through all of these like health problems. And you can definitely build a business with intensity while healing your body, okay? I did it, you can do it. I'm not saying it's easy, but you have to set better boundaries with yourself. Like a boundary that I have recently is I'm not working after 5 p.m. That's just, I sleep so much better. My anxiety is much more managed. If I'm checking client messages before bed, no one is no one is healthy there, right? Like my clients are not getting optimal responses and myself personally, I'm thinking about clients right before bed and that's not optimal, okay? And so I'm just saying this right now, Please, please, please. And on the other side, even if you're, if you're, we're not talking about hormones or any of that, like make sure you are getting your training in, getting your food in. Like if you are the coach that forgets to eat, set a damn alarm, but like you cannot operate with an empty cup. And that's so, so, so critical. And then the last thing that I'll say you say to you is find a mentor that scares the hell out of you to hire, right? Somebody that you're like, I know that person's going to push me. And I know that person is not going to tell me what I want to hear. And for that reason, I want to go that route because I've definitely had mentors that I felt like I was already kind of past. And then I've had mentors that scare the shit out of me. And those are the ones that always, always push me in the best direction. So listen, cheers to four years. And I am so excited that we got to spend some time together today. And if you have any questions about any of these things, I would love to chat with you. But all this to say... You can build whatever you want to. And I want you to take these lessons and find one that stood out to you. But most importantly, take some time over the next few days, maybe this next weekend, and map out what your vision looks like in the next, you know, 18 months or two years. Like what kind of life do you want to be living? And then on a on a shorter time frame, what about the next 12 months in business? Forget the lifestyle. What needs to happen, right? But just again, remember, we build a business to support the life we want. We are not just working to work. So make sure that whatever you're chasing, whether it's a monetary goal or a certain KPI, you're chasing it because it supports the life you want to live. So until next time, y'all have a good one. I want to give you a virtual high five for finishing another episode of the Taylor DeHaze podcast. Love the episode, share it and tag me on Instagram. Have a question? My DMs are always open. Until next time, bye y'all.